Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. You can't help but notice that I've improved a lot on PowerPoint. I've gotten real smart. Thanks, Tom. Tom knows how to do this. And one thing I've learned, if you want to feel smart, surround your people with, surround yourself with smart people and they'll make up for your weaknesses. So... Tom is helping do that. Thank you for being here. Nehemiah chapter 5. title of this lesson is called Ribbit. I know. That sounds like I'm in Australia talking about Peter Cottontail. But that's not it at all. Ribbit. It's a Hebrew word, not in the Bible. We'll talk about that later. I travel many places, and I find many customs that differ from mine. I started to preach in the Far East the first time, and the guy with me said, James, do not hold up one finger. I said, why Why can't I say verse 1? He said, no, you say verse 1. I said, I do, and verse 2 if you want to do it, but don't ever hold up one finger. It's an ugly sign over here. Oh, I'm in trouble. Have you noticed in the commercials, the airline stewardesses always do this? They never do this. This suits everybody, but this offends the people in the Far East. And do not hand someone something with your left hand. And do not touch anybody with your left hand. I handed a hotel clerk a credit card with my left hand. He looked at me like, you're crazy, man, but he took it. So the guy with me pulled me away and he said, you offended him because you do that with your right hand. Excuse me. That's hard for me. But I've tried to learn the rule. When God makes a rule, we go about trying to find ways to accommodate that rule. For example, in the 1960s, early 1960s, Jewel Miller film strips came to be. They were very popular, but there were some in the church who said, oh no, we can't use them because that's a movie and we know that Christians don't go to movies. What about Roy Rogers? Well, you know, we we don't support Hollywood. Stay away from the Lyric Theater. You know what? To this day, I've never been inside the Lyric Theater. I don't know if it's still there and I don't go downtown, but whatever. But I do use Jill Miller or did. I said, forget it. I'll use Jill Miller when I want to. And I used him a thousand times. Was in Sugarland, Texas one time. And I will forget this. A lady and her daughter came to the airport to get me, take me to where I was staying. I was going to preach. And I said, you look familiar to me. Told me who she was. I said, well, I've never met you. I don't think she said, no, and after a while, I said, you look so familiar to me. She said, have you ever used the Jew Miller film strips? I said, yes. She said, I'm taking the Lord's Supper 
on that film strip, I said, thank you. That's where I met you. I understand. I want to read Leviticus chapter uh, 25, verse 36. And here's what God said in that book. Take no usury or interest from him who is a Jewish brother. Or who, from him, that's a Jewish brother. But fear your God that your brother may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury, nor lend him your food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. That's a strange command, is it not, for those people? If I borrowed money from you and you said, James, I can let you have this for the going price, a little bit better than the bank. I'd say it's a good deal for me and there wouldn't be anything wrong with it. Nothing wrong with charging interest. But God said, don't do it to your Jewish brothers back in that day. You know, Jesus told a story, though, about a man who gave out five talents and two talents and one talent. The five talent, two talent man gained other talents. But the one talent man dug a hole, put his in it. The master came back and said, you could have given this to the bank. And it would have drawn interest. Is Jesus teaching this man? Teaching us to do something that is wrong? No, he is not. That's different. The world runs on interest. There's nothing wrong with charging interest. There's nothing wrong with paying interest. But in the Old Testament, God said, Do not charge your Jewish brothers usury. It is wrong. Do not pay usury to your brothers. It should not be that way. You cannot do that. I want us to look slide number two at some things that I want to call to your attention that are pretty important. Some Sabbath day rules. These are modern rules. When you go to Jerusalem, you might come into some contact with some of these rules. For example, walking on the Sabbath day, and this is for the conservative Jews. But I have an article here I want to read by a person named Mindy Hecht. Mindy is a modern person, and here's what she says. Because driving, biking, blading, skateboarding, or other device-driven means of transportation are prohibited on Shabbat. Shabbat is Sabbath. We walk rather than commute to the synagogue. However, even walking on Shabbat has its limits. Cannot walk more than six cents a mile unless you walk in your own village where the houses are very close together. Then you can walk as far as you need to when the houses are close together. And if you leave your village where the houses are not close together, you can walk only six tenths of a mile. That's it. But if houses connect to the next village, you can walk along the road and go to the next village and walk on the Sabbath day. This is strange for us, I know. These limits are imposed by those people of now, that this time. God didn't set such limits. He just said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And the word Sabbath, Sabbath day's journey is found only one time in the Bible. Over in the book of Acts, I think chapter 1, verse 12, maybe. That is all. There was a limit to how far they could walk, but God did not set that limit. They set the limit. I want to look at elevators. Elevators in Jerusalem. I arrived at a hotel and it was about four o'clock Saturday afternoon. The guide 
got our group together and said, there are two elevators. You see them right there. Use either one of them until six o'clock. And then you don't want to get on that one on the right because it stops on every floor. 16 stories. You have to stop 16 times if you're on the other floor, on the top floor. Get in the one on the left and push the 16 button and you'll go up there. And there won't be many people using that one because this is for the, the other ones for the conservative Jews. I didn't understand. So somebody asked a real dumb question and said, uh, is it work to push a button? He shook his head like, you know, I'm disgusted by these Americans. He said, well, no, that's not the problem. The problem is when you push a button, you demand something from the power company. You're making a demand. And you can't make a demand for work on the Sabbath day. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, what else do I need to know? You need to know about taking a picture. Yeah, is it work to, uh, no, that's not work. But you set into process a chemical chemical process that, oh, you don't understand. I can't explain it. I grew up in it. You didn't forget about it. Just don't take any pictures. Wow. Can I ride on a bus or taxi? Yes, if you go to a taxi stop or bus stop, but you can't flag them down on the street. Six days a week you can, but not on the Sabbath because they won't stop. They do only what they're programmed to do on the Sabbath day. And ladies, if you were living there and you were washing your clothes on Friday afternoon, no problem. And you say, I got to get these hung out quickly. It's coming on six o'clock. You can't do that. You can't start a project that ends on the Sabbath. The clothes have to be dry by six o'clock. They have to be taken in and folded by six o'clock. Well, I'm not working if I leave them out there. No, but you started the process. You say, that's extreme. It is extreme. That's just how it is. That's the way it is. That's the custom. And I guess if you could think of customs in your day, you could also match those. I can think of some big cove customs that were rather ridiculous, and we abided by uh, uh, we abided by them. I guess they would think that was strange for us. I used to go into Ukraine. I did a vacation Bible school in a public school in Ukraine. Can you believe that? Had an American come and knock on the door while I was practicing with the kids. And he said, you're going to be arrested. I said, what for? He said, you're teaching the Bible here. I said, get lost. He was an American evangelist. When I finished that week, the mayor of the city, 1.5 million people, sent us a citation commending us for having helped their kids. Now, here's what I'm getting around to. Try that in Huntsville. Go conduct a vacation Bible school at one of the public schools here. One of the Ukrainians was here speaking to a group in school. And he said, let's sing Jesus Loves Me. And the teacher said, no, 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 don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. It's against the law. Can do it in Russia and Ukraine. 
but not in Huntsville. Strange customs we have. I'm so saddened by that. Wow. Okay, have, have I got to slide two yet? Oh, yeah, I did slide two. Good. Slide three. Let's look at slide three. Business principles among God's people. Number one, no interest is charged or paid among Jewish brothers. That is, of course, back in Old Testament times. Money could be loaned, but the exact amount had to be collected. No interest, no discounts. That's the way it was. And somebody again says, what's wrong with charging interest? In general, nothing. Most of us would not have had a house that had not been for interest. Most of us buy a new car on time. We pay interest. Most of us have credit cards, and you might pay interest on yours. I don't own mine. American Express doesn't like me too well, but I pay them every month. I can't do better than that. I can't do less than that. But anyway, somebody pays a fee. That's just how it is. The Jewish people were not to charge each other interest. Interest was not forbidden when a Jew loaned the Gentile money. Or even a Gentile loaned the Jew money. That was not forbidden at all. But it was forbidden in a Jewish relationship. Jewish men could agree on among themselves to a partnership. Here's a man working hard. He has a good idea. has no money to bring it off. He has a Jewish friend who is wealthy. He goes to the friend and says, look, we need to enter into a partnership because I have this situation here. I think it's going to make a lot of money. And will you enter into a partnership with me? And they might agree to do that. They have the talent. They have the money. And they split the profits. That's their relationship. That's what God said do. This is how it was to be done. Now let's go to the next slide and find something about rabbit. This is an important situation. Ribbit is not interest, but it includes interest. Ribbit is more than interest. Number two, ribbit applies to any payment that is more than the actual debt. In other words, if you borrow, if a Jewish brother borrowed from a Jewish brother $1,000 for six months, if he paid more than $1,000 in return at the end of six months, he was committing a sin of ribbit. Not acceptable to God. Rabbit applies to early bird specials. Obligates the seller to give you more than the product is worth. I'm sure some of you remember the blue light specials. I've heard the older women talk about those at Kmart. I don't remember them. I hardly remember Kmart. I'm too young to know that. The blue light specials would have been illegal for a Jewish man in Moses' day or in, in the Old Testament and his Jewish brothers. I don't understand that. Here's a $10 item. You turn the blue light on and you sell it for $6. Is that legal? Uh, legal, yes. Acceptable to God? No. Why? Because the product is worth $10. You go and pay $6, you still owe the merchant $4. No, he gave it. He couldn't do that. He could not say, I'm going to let you have this for $6. 
It's 10 regular, but I'm giving you a discount. He can't do that. That's called rabbit. Wow. Rabbit applies when a borrower returns the lender, repays the lender more on return of the merchandise. For example, Mrs. Rosenberg says to a little boy, Simeon, take this dozen eggs down to Miss Pulaski. I borrowed 10 from her yesterday. Give her these 12 because she did me a favor. In the first place, Mrs. Rosenberg wouldn't do that. But if she did, the little Simeon came in and said, Mom sent you a dozen eggs. Mrs. Pulaski would say, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take these two back to your mama. No, she wanted to give them to you. No, I can't take them. That's rabbit. It has to be 10, only 10. Well, she wants to give them. No, she can't give them to me. Doesn't happen that. What's wrong? And they were staunch believers in that. And then number five, rabbit applies when a borrower does a favor for a lender that he would not normally do before the debt is paid. For example, if I live live next door to a rich man and I borrow $1,000 from him, and I know he's not going to charge me interest. And he's out of town and his grass has grown up. I say, I can go over and cut his yard. No, you can't either. That's rabbit. You can't do anything for him that you would not have ordinarily done. Now you say this is weird. It is. It's also weird that some objected to the Jewel Miller film strips, but they did. They did because they were projected. You remember? Just the way it is. Okay, uh, you can turn that machine off now. I'm through with it. Thank you. Thank you, John, Tom, John Thomas. How's that? We're through. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 1. Now you know what ribbit is. Ribbit is, I'm sorry. It's often pronounced both ways, but ribbit is the is the primary pronunciation in the United States. And uh, we'll call it ribbit if I can think of that. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 1. And I want you to notice something here. Everything when we teach Nehemiah is going so good. Nehemiah is a great leader. He's a great leader all the way through. We uphold him, yes. But the people work together so well. Nobody is trying to take advantage of anybody. They're all working together. Local people are helping. It's wonderful. That's what we see. That's what we see when we're eating. You know what? I, I'm glad that we see it that way instead of say, taking the ugly farther than what it is. But we need to see the whole thing. And here's part of the other thing. Nehemiah 5 verse 1. There was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. So we have a Jew-Jew problem here. For there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. These people had been uprooted from their place in Persia, over in Susa. Had been brought to this new land in Persia, Jerusalem, And they uh, didn't have everything it took to live. So they were borrowing from their neighbors. There were some who said, We have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses 
that we might buy grain and because of the famine, because of the famine. So some of them might have gone there and purchased houses. They had to have somewhere to live. They had to purchase or rent one. And I'm sure the houses didn't cost $450,000, but they, they had them and they had to mortgage them. There were those who also said we have borrowed money for the king's tax on our land and vineyards. This was the Persian king, of course. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren. We're the same as the nobles and the rulers in, in this place. We came from Susa, yes. We made some investments. Now we're having to borrow some money, but we are the same as they are. But they're treating us differently. Our children are like their children. Indeed, we're for, they're forcing our, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been bought into slavery. I don't even want to comment on that. I see so many things in the New Testament where fathers and daughters, fathers are doing things with their daughters I never dreamed of. Lot had some homosexuals at his door that wanted to bring the angels out. He said, no, take my daughters. I can't go there. <laughs> sorry, Lot. No, I'm not sorry. I'm glad. But anyway, these daughters had been bought into slavery. Sons and daughters were slaves, but daughters had been bought into slavery. Special case here. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. So this matter has progressed. This matter has gone far beyond what Nehemiah knew about. He was not aware of these things. He was too busy, probably, trying to get that wall built, trying to get that done. But verse 6, I became very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. After serious thought, I rebuked the rulers and nobles. I said to them, each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly among them. And this was more than just regular usury too. It was also rabbit. It extended to making a profit on them in other ways than interest. I said to them, according to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. So Nehemiah has been involved in this. There were some people there that the Gentiles had bought. Nations here is Gentiles. Some of your Bibles translated that way. We have redeemed them. We, have, we took money, from, probably from a common treasury, and bought them out of their slavery. And uh, we have loosed them, literally is what it is. The word luo, L-U-O, is a common, common word in the New Testament. doesn't have anything to do with the pronunciation of loose, but it's connected with sin. It's connected with uh, imprisonment. It's connected with loosing a donkey, whatever the case may be. And this same word is here, uh, in, as it is in the Greek text. We loose them. Uh, they were silenced and found nothing to say. I like that. They were as guilty as sin, in other words. Now, the people that he's gathered together were the rulers and the the high-class men, the men, the men who controlled the situation, the men who were wealthy. And yet, when he brought this accusation against them, it was so clear that they had nothing to say. I was in conversation a few
few months ago with a state trooper in Tennessee. No, no, I wasn't violating the law. It was a different kind of conversation. He was a Christian. I said, I need to ask you some questions. I said, this interstate right here, 70 miles an hour, I said, how fast do you have to go to be stopping people? He said, well, uh, we don't have a certain thing. But he said, if a person goes more than 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, we get him and he can't complain about it. It's okay. Yeah, he's guilty and he knows it. If we get him at 75, he'll argue about it. We've got the proof, but he'll argue about it. Even maybe at 80, but 85, he knows he's speeding. Say, sir, you're speeding. Yes, sir, I knew that. <laughs> Guilty of sin. These people knew they were doing wrong. But it was just their practice. It was what they did. It was the way they made money. It was the way they profited from the problems of their brothers in the Jewish faith. Then I said, what are you doing? What you're doing is not good. I like the plainness of this. Reminds me of Daniel when he goes in and reads the handwriting on the wall. Oh, sir, live forever. I, I'm so sorry to have you tell, have to tell you this. Uh, your grandfather didn't set a good example for you, and and you're just. I just think you ought to be blessed. Not what he said. He said, you didn't learn a thing from your granddaddy. And here you are, disobeying God in the same way. You profaned his name. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And you've been weighed in the balance, numbered, and found wanting. This throne's going to be taken away from you, and it was taken that night because his life was taken. But Daniel never said, Sir, I'm sorry you're going to die tonight. Because Daniel was not sorry. Daniel knew the man was guilty. And he knew God stood for truth. And he in essence says, this is what you get for not obeying God. Then I said, what you're doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God? Because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies, I know that you know the word fear does not mean trembling fear in this case. It is reverence. It's the same word used, holy and reverend is his name. Same word here. Do you not walk in the reverence of our God? Do you not respect him? Because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies, you need to do this in order to prove to our enemies, the Gentile nations, that God is God and you're on his side. And your brothers are on his side. We need to stand against him. Stand against them. For God's sake. Also with my brethren and my servants. I'm lending money to them and grain. Please let us stop this usury. Restore now to them even this day their lands. Their vineyards. Their olive groves. Their houses. Also a hundredth of the money and the grain. The new wine, the oil, that you have charged them. Can you understand that? <laughs> you know what Nehemiah is saying? He's saying, make this thing right. You know what usury is? You know what rabbit is? Clean up your life. 
Give this back to them. Everything you've taken from them, give this back to them. It's been several years now, but I read an article. I, I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. But uh, I don't want to belabor this point, but I do want to go back to this idea of rabbit. After the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma, and that was terrible. The ladies, the uh, women there did not cook things on top of the stove. They had to cook in the oven during that dust storm. They even took their bread that they were kneading. They had a towel with two holes in it, and they put the bread in a drawer, and when they got ready to be kneaded, they would run their hands through those holes and knead the bread and then take it out and close the drawer, take their hands out and close the drawer. The dust was terrible. Okay, the dust storm is over. The people who stayed there, didn't go to California, had nothing. There was a seed man who came through selling seed. It was a seed that had been bred so that, if that's a good word, so that it could withstand more drought than other seeds. And he advertised, he'd call meetings in the middle of a little village. And they'd say, no, we don't have any money to invest and we don't believe that anyway. And he wasn't selling any seeds at all. And one night he sat down and talked to himself and he said, I know how I can do this. So he went back to the meeting. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enter into a partnership with you. And I'm going to let you have these seed. You'll see they work. And I want a certain amount of your crop when you make it. It was a partnership. Now, they weren't Jews. I'm not saying that. I'm just giving an illustration. And the people across the Dust Bowl heartily agreed with that and heartily agreed with that. And guess what? He became pretty wealthy because the seed worked. And he didn't beat the people out of anything. It was a partnership. Okay. Then, this is 13. You couldn't, if you grew up in Big Cove, you'd never understand this. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from this house and from his property. Who does not perform this promise? Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. I don't know if Nehemiah is sitting down or not, but he has on a robe, and he might have something in his robe, I don't know, but if he's sitting down, he gets up and he shakes it like this, straightens it out. If he has something in it, he gets up and he throws that out of his lap and shakes his robe out. And then he said, so may God shake each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Okay, men, you made a promise. You saw what I did to my lap. May God do that same thing to you if you do not keep your promise. That's pretty strong, isn't it? And all the assembly said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Every once in a while, even in this class, I hear Amen coming from over here somewhere. The other day I heard it from over here. And every once in a while when Brother Glenn is preaching, I hear Amen. I don't think enough. 
but it's kind of unusual to say it here. And I have to bite my tongue. I remember Brother Glenn one Sunday morning, you preached a sermon on the cross of Christ. It was a masterpiece. Most of them are, but this was a masterpiece with a capital M. And I wanted so badly during the There were so many places I wanted to say, amen, amen. But I didn't. I bit my tongue. Brother Glenn was standing here during the invitation. And when the invitation ended, he started to take a step. And I said, Brother Glenn. He stopped and turned to me. I said, amen. I was thrilled to do that. I was thrilled to do it. It was not so much after prayer that men said amen in the Old Testament. It was after a reading of Scripture. As Brother Paul does here, the congregation says amen. After a reading of Scripture, as we do, as we get on into the assembly, as the congregation does here. And when I read Scripture, I usually say, may God bless the reading and hearing of his word and let the church say amen And some of you do that, and I thank you for it. The assembly said when he finished, amen, they took a mild oath. They acknowledged the things that he said, and they said, this is what we're going to do. Then the people did according to the promise. Moreover, from from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, From the 20th year until the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provisions. Man, I thought politicians were supposed to take advantage of every opportunity and then add some to it. Didn't you? We see that. Not Nehemiah. What does Nehemiah have in mind? He knows that God has a mission. And he knows the temple is in God's mission. He doesn't know exactly how it fits. He's not not informed about that, but he knows it's very important. He knows it has a holy place and a most holy place. And he knows it's being desecrated. We'll talk about that later on. He knows it's not being used properly. And he's building a wall around the city so it can be protected. He's protecting the temple So it can be used to do God's will. And it is a picture of the church and heaven, thank God, that Jesus Christ came to establish the church and take us to heaven. And we learn a lot as we look at the Old Testament temple. And as we pray, we go into the holy place. That's where the throne of God is. Only the high priest could do that. But Jesus tore down the curtain and we actually pass through the heavens and go into the holy place where God is and fall at his feet. Then the people did according to the purpose, the promise, Moreover, from the time, oh, I already read that. Verse 15, but the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people. They took them from them bread and wine, besides 40 shekels of silver. 
That's the daily income, incidentally, for governors. And uh, about $9,000 a year, that's pretty good, I'd say, in those days. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Again, because I reverenced God. It was not for me. It was not to make me big and fat and important. It was to build the walls to protect the temple. Motivated by respect for God and love for the people. Indeed, also continued to work on the wall. We did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for work. And at my table were 150 Jews and rulers. Besides those who came to us from the nations, from the Gentiles around us. Now what was prepared daily was one ox, six choice sheep, also fowl were prepared for me. And once every ten days an abundance of wine, all kinds of wine. Yet in spite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions. Could have, but I didn't. Because the bondage was heavy on the people. Remember me, my God, for good, according to all I have done for this people. Now, don't you appreciate Nehemiah more? Not only did he do what was right, he said to his people, you're going to do what's right too. We're going to force you to do it. This is God. This is what God said. And they took an oath and said, we will do it. It's a beautiful chapter. Beautiful chapter. I hope you have a full understanding of it. I hope you appreciate it and Somehow we need to apply it to our lives. Kindness to all people, but especially those of the household of faith. Anybody have any comments? Questions? Don't ask any hard questions. Besides that, I'll play deaf if you do. We're early, but... We're going to be dismissed. Bow your heads, please. Father, for the blessings in Christ, we give our thanks. For the example of the leadership of Nehemiah. And for the patience of his people. And for their willingness to work together. For the repentance of those who had failed God and their people. We give thanks. Let them be an example to us. Help us to walk in the light. Dismiss us in your love and care. We pray through Christ. Amen. Don't run in the hall. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer... Send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.